Up next, Biz 503, the Portland-centric podcast for startups and small businesses. We believe it, we live it, and there's something about Brand Portland that has taken a meteoric rise in our world. Welcome to Biz 503, the Portland-centric podcast for startups and small businesses. I'm Wendy Cotilla, business coach, startup mentor, and teacher, here with Rebecca Webb, co-founder of Portland Radio Project. Hey, Wendy. You know, when the new Women of NASA Lego set sells out on Amazon in 24 hours, as it did in early November, change is in the wind. For sure. And on that theme, today we're talking about women in tech with two pioneers for women in the tech industry, Janice Levenhagen-Seeley, founder and CEO of Chick Tech, and Megan Bigelow, co-founder of PDX Women in Tech. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having us. I'm so excited to dig into this topic. Uh, I worked in tech myself for quite a while, and I would love to hear where this all started for you. So let's start with you, actually, Janice. Tell us a little bit about Chick Tech. What does it do? Who do they serve? Tell us about that. Yeah, definitely. So Chick Tech is a national nonprofit. We started here in Portland. We're, uh, we're headquartered here in Portland, but we are national. So we have 20 chapters across the country, and uh, we're continuing to expand. So our mission is to get and keep girls and women in high tech. Uh, that means we work on both the pipeline side to get girls into technology who don't think of themselves as technologists. Um, but who have the aptitude to do well in it. And also the women who are already in technology who have already decided they enjoy working with technology but may leave because of the culture. And when we say girls, at what age range is that? So we have stuff that goes from K through 12, but our main focus is our high school girls. Thank you. So Janice, was there a moment, I'm thinking back to your childhood, where you realized there was a problem that you personally needed to address. Um, so I started Chick Tech about six years ago. So I would say not in my childhood, but more um, after I went through my computer engineering degree and then ended up leaving the field. So when I was in high school, so looking back, I can see the problem, right? So when I'm looking back and I'm looking at how I just randomly ended up choosing technology as a career, um, I see that as a problem. Um, so I was really great at math, but nobody ever suggested that I go into technology um, until my grandma just one day during my senior year said, you know, hey, since you're so great at math, you should check out engineering. And I was like, sure, I guess, and just almost chose technology out of a hat. Um, and I know that um, so many girls don't have that opportunity to be informed that that should be something that they're looking at. And so that's where Chick Tech comes in. Go grandma. <laughs> nice work. Okay, Megan, tell us a little bit about PDX Women in Tech. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for having me here. So Portland Women in Tech is a local nonprofit. We just became a nonprofit about a year ago, but we've been around for almost six years. And we have the purpose of encouraging women to join tech and supporting and empowering them so they stay in tech. And we do this through a number of things, one of which is we have a mentorship program where we pair more seasoned people in technology with people who are new or transitioning. We have four to six events a month covering networking, 
uh, career advancement and technical skill building. And we also have a lot of volunteer opportunities that we've found as a program in and of itself because people have a way of getting more engaged and leveraging some of their spare time to build an, a thriving community. What about the question that I asked Janice about where this passion came from? Yeah, so this is something I recently have had a lot of time to reflect on. And in 2007, I discovered that a male colleague was making 30% more than I was doing the exact same work. And at the time, of course, after finding that out, I felt a number of emotions, one of which was intensely alone. And it took five years for me to recover in terms of economically and feel more confident about myself through a lot of different things, which is a totally different story we can talk about. But at the end of that five years, I had the opportunity to attend Grace Hopper Women in Computing. It was in Portland. And there was such intense energy being around so many other women in tech. And I knew that that alone could have helped me five years ago not feel as alone. And I wanted to recreate that in our city. And while I can't shore up that gap or prevent that from happening to other people, what I can do through this community is basically try to prevent people from feeling as lonely as I did. That is incredible. Um, I wanted to clarify. um, So when we've been talking about tech, we've mentioned engineering, we've mentioned programming, but within technology companies, there are all sorts of functions, of course. So do your organizations um, focus on the wider functions within technology companies or specifically around the more engineering programming types of skill sets? So for Chick Tech, with our high school girls, we focus on more the tech piece of the tech industry, including things that are engineering related or science related that have a tech component, so like green energy or something like that. On the career level side, one of the things that we really focus on is making a welcoming space for everyone. And so if it's somebody who's in marketing and tech or in HR and tech, there are often times that women in tech groups are not very welcoming to them. um, And I don't find that okay. Mm -hmm. And so we really work to make sure that everyone, all women in tech, uh, feel really welcome in our spaces so that they too can get the support that they need. Because they're, they're still dealing with the sexist culture. Yeah, I was going to say, there's still the commonality of the yeah. challenges. Uh, and what about you, Megan? The two of us that started PDX Women in Tech were not programmers. And we did not feel that we could participate in some of the other communities that exist in Portland back in those days. And we self-selected out. So we wanted to create a community that was inclusive of all functions within a technology company. So that includes, as Janice said, marketing, sales. We have HR. And we do also have programmers. I'm in customer service. I mean, we all face the similar challenges. I mean, I know that they differ based on the type of discipline that you're in. But the commonality is that we are working in an industry that is primarily male. And through that, there is a tremendous amount that we have in common. Janice, if I could just get you to address the out-and-out discrimination that Megan described. Have you faced anything like that personally? Yeah, definitely. When I graduated from college, I actually went and started interviewing at different companies. And I was I have two children, so I have a 17-year-old son and now a 10-year-old daughter. So this was back in 2007, um, and I dealt with really blatant pregnancy discrimination, um, which obviously is something that's inherent to women. And that was really demoralizing, in particular because it was from women. 
one thing that's really interesting is that you know when you look at unconscious bias or discrimination, it's not just from men. You know, it can also be from other women who are looking to protect themselves in an industry where they have also felt hostility. And that's an example that of something that's pervasive in many industries. Yes. Not yeah. just tech. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk more about our guests' personal experiences in the tech industry. Support for Biz 503 comes from acreative.agency, specializing in marketing, automation, and web development. For more, go to acreative.agency. Welcome back to Biz 503, where we're talking about women in tech today with our guests, Megan Bigelow and Janice Levin-Hagen-Seeley. And my co-host, Wendy Cotella, who you've also worked in tech, Wendy. <laughs> I have, yeah. I, I don't work in the corporate world anymore, um, but I worked for almost a decade for, I uh, was a global product marketing manager for Adobe. I worked in education technology and sales and uh, business development uh, for Apple. And I worked for uh, small business uh, tools for Google. And did you ever feel, you know, that things were just completely equal with you and your co-workers? You know, what's interesting for me is that I think because of the companies that I um, worked for are so progressive, there is a lot of, I mean, every company had um, people of every color. Um, almost all of my bosses were women. So I actually didn't feel that myself. And actually, if I think back to looking even at like engineering or development teams, there was a really good mix. However, I feel it here in Portland. I felt mm. it when I came back to Portland. Well, that is very fascinating, isn't it? I should say I worked in Silicon Valley for five years and then I was um, overseas for 10. How does Portland compare, would you say, uh, Megan? So that's a difficult question for me to answer simply because I haven't personally worked in the Silicon Valley market. I have worked for companies that are based there. But I think a lot of the challenges that we face are, are similar. One of the things that's different, though, is that the megaphone that I think a lot of people have is not the same megaphone we have here in Portland. So, for example, the companies in Silicon Valley have are the like household names, whereas in Portland they typically aren't. And so I, I would venture to say that many of the same things happen in this local market here in Portland. We just don't have the same voice. Hmm. Uh, interesting. Yeah. So can you tell us anything about the Google employees memo that explicitly argued against Google's diversity initiatives? Uh, this was the the gentleman who wrote the yeah. memo that was saying that um, women are inherently unable uh, to do the same job. Just curious yeah. if you wanted to comment on that I, before we move I mean, on. from what I've seen, I mean, the things that he was saying were the arguments that I'm sure Megan also has run across over and over and over again when talking to people about this issue since we started. I mean, it's not, when I read that memo, there was nothing surprising about it. You know, it was, it's just this, the so many people who don't understand the issue and don't have that empathy or don't quite see how those different things affect women. That's just the underlying assumptions in a really significant percentage of the population in the tech industry. It's not, I'd almost say it's not even a minority. Yeah, the, uh, just to add to that, I think the thing that I've found most interesting about that memo, and I did read it, and it was difficult read, is the 
sort of outpouring of support that that gentleman has had as a result of it. And sort of this, in, it empowered the men's movement in terms of like men's rights movement. And I think when I have been reading about that, the feeling that I'm getting is that of sad for those individuals. And the reason I do is because I feel like this is their way of grieving the loss of what they perceive as losing power. And it just reminds me that our work is that much more important because you can't get back or get equal power without having to fight for it. Mm -hmm. And it's clear to me that they feel like it's getting taken away. And there are some real political overtones to everything you're saying that, you know, that go out beyond uh, the tech industry. But talk a little bit about the degrees that are being awarded. Um, in the news, we understand that there were more bachelor and graduate degrees being held by women overall, and yet still only about 28% of computer science degrees are awarded to women a number that has fallen and continues to yeah. fall. I actually saw 18%. Yeah, so why yeah. is that number getting smaller? That's a good question. I mean, I think that it's still the same, you know, the same stereotypes that are out there. Um, a lot of parents and teachers and general society members don't have the education to realize how they are subtly or sometimes not subtly pushing girls away from technology. And then especially when they're hearing all these stories about the blatant sexism and the harassment that goes on, you know, if women in tech don't really want to deal with that, how are young girls looking at that and saying, wow, I really want to go to something that where people are going to grab me without my permission, you know? Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit more about resources and uh, ways to encourage girls to go into tech in uh, just a minute. But how did you like that NASA uh, women Lego set? Awesome. And I <laughs> plan to get that for my daughter for Christmas. Nice. How Actually, it's sold out, so I probably can't. But uh, she'll be five in December. And yeah, she actually really likes Legos and the Friends Legos in particular. Yeah. And speaking of daughters, uh, and we all have daughters, my daughter's in second grade. And what has blown me away is that even though her dad and I are really, really um, try to be gender neutral and have create you know, opportunities for her to learn the same stuff. This um, opinion that uh, this thing is for girls, this thing is for boys, it comes on really early. And when we hear stuff, we're like, no. I mean, have either of you heard your daughters say something like that? Something that maybe in grade school, like my daughter specifically had said like that, you know, space stuff was for boys. I definitely, one of the, so my daughter's and so a few years ago, there was a little neighbor boy who was really nasty to my daughter about, you know, some of her toys and that it, those were girls' toys and just how they say it and just such right. a like derogatory tone, even when they're like six or seven is really depressing. Yeah. And this to me is so related to how we grow up, how all of us grow up thinking what is and is not possible for us as yeah. people. Yeah, I will say since my daughter is so young, she's only in preschool. So there's some some of this she hasn't experienced yet. But what I'm finding is just the intense interest for her to be interested in things that I was trying desperately not to have her interested in, like princesses, <laughs> of course. 
but I'm embracing it. And what we're trying to do is really encourage, find that intersection of like where there's a princess that's doing some math problems. Right. Right. <laughs> Got to find games like that. Apps. But like as long as we can tee off and at least in my case, where my daughter's interests are and find them applicable to math and science is where we're really going to try to focus. Mm. And one of the things that I've really seen that I find is interesting is the demonizing of feminine toys. Yes. And I hate that. It should never be like the feminine toys like dolls or Barbies or whatever or STEM toys. It should always be an and. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Because we're, again, teaching boys that girls things are less than, which means girls are often less than. And mm -hmm. we're teaching our daughters the same thing. Love that. And it's just not okay for us to tell girls that nurturing is not valuable here, or here. it's not as valuable as science. Yeah. Love that. After a break, we'll talk more about resources available to women interested in starting in the tech industry or women already in their tech careers. We'll be right back. Thanks to acreative.agency, specializing in marketing, automation, and web development. For more, go to acreative.agency. Welcome back to Biz 503. We're here with Janice Levenhagen Seeley, founder and CEO of Chick Tech, and Megan Bigelow, co-founder of PDX Women in Tech. And thanks once again to both of you for being here. Congratulations, Janice. You just got the Skidmore Prize. Thank you. Tell us about that. Yeah, so it's a, uh, it's a prize that Willamette Week gives out every year. Um, so they do the big give guide. So people should definitely check that out and donate to the nonprofits over the next couple of months around that. But they choose four um, nonprofit professionals that they feel have made a, a big impact in the community. And we get a cash award. And then we also just get celebrated for the work that we've done over the next couple of months. That's amazing. Congratulations. And Megan, you've got something cool going on. You've just wrapped up your part in a movie. Tell us about that. Yes, this week we just finished filming the first episode of Chasing Grace, which is a project that is started by someone based in Portland, but it will be national that covers topics very specifically impacting women in technology. And the first episode, which I'm in, is on the gender pay gap. Within Women and Men in Tech. That's exactly. amazing. So that's really a great lead into talking about resources that girls and young women and, you know, who knows, older women as well need to feel comfortable and move into tech. So talk to us about the resources that are out there. You two individually, of course, are providing some of those resources. What can you tell us about what you're providing? Yeah, so I can start. So PDX Women in Tech is one of the there's several groups in Portland, uh, PDX Women in Tech, and of course, Chick Tech offer programs. Our, our programs are specifically around technical skill building, career advancement, and the mentorship program. And then, of course, just this strong sense of community, which when you have a community of people there to support you, you can kind of tackle all kinds of things like, how do I return to work after being on maternity leave? How do I ask for more money or get this next job. So there's all kinds of things that having that community behind you makes it even more possible. And we have that specifically because we want to keep women in tech. Yeah. And I love what you said earlier about feeling so alone. I mean, I don't love that you felt so alone, but, <laughs> but the need for having deep empathy around there and support and then being able to, um, with that support, move through it. Yeah, there's definitely something powerful, I think, about knowing that other people are dealing with it because then you realize it's not you and it's not that you're not good enough. It's that society or that the tech industry is giving you those signals and not just you, but 
all the women around you as well. For sure. And what about resources that you might mention, Janice? Yeah. So Chick Tech, we have a lot of things going on at all times. <laughs> um, but we have our high school program. We just kicked off that. Um, it started October 28th and 29th for our, we have 127 high school girls going through it this year, wow. which is really exciting. So they'll go through monthly workshops and also um, they'll be able to opt into a one-on-one -on -one mentoring program. So if there are men and women out there who are interested in mentoring uh, high school girls, we're still looking for mentors and volunteers to run workshops. We'll be doing a middle school camp this summer again, like we have the last few years. So if you have a middle school girl, definitely sign up for the Portland Chick Tech newsletter so that you can make sure that you get that information. We're working on a pilot robotics camp for um, girls um, as a little boot camp to get middle school and high school girls into um, FIRST Robotics. So we're doing that in collaboration with ORTOP. Um, who runs the FIRST Robotics programs in Portland and Oregon. We also have our ACTW conference coming up in late spring, early summer. ACTW is advancing the careers of technical women, but it's for all women in technology. It's a two-day conference, 60 bucks for both days. Um, women and, of course, allies should also keep their eye out for that. So a lot of these programs seem to be for rank-and-file uh, jobs. What about women who are entrepreneurial, um, are there special opportunities for funding for them? Um, I think very, just a tiny percentage yeah. of women, maybe 5% in tech are owned. Can anybody verify that figure? I think women-owned tech companies are only about 5%. So I think uh, yeah, you know there, there's room for uh, boosting that. Yeah. So Phoenix Women in Tech, we don't specifically have programs targeted at finding resources for funding. But what we have been doing is bringing in attorneys to talk about IP law or one. I'm actually talking to an up and coming entrepreneur about creating a series that is like a, an informal way of discussing like alternative sources of funding. So it's really for us, it's creating the space in our community because we do have a lot of entrepreneurs and we want to welcome them but we don't have a specific program targeting that. There are a couple um, woman-focused accelerators in town, one that just recently started. I can't remember the name of it. It's called the Accelerate Fund. I'm one of the four mentors. There we go. <laughs> Perfect. Yep, that's that's it. And so, I, I know that there's also some um, some angel investments uh, going on. And you probably know. Right, and I was hoping that you would mention that. Oh, sorry. Do you want to do you want to say anything more about that before we move on? I'm sure. I mean, the Accelerator Fund is a new incubator. It's a year long incubator for uh, women led companies, and there are 22 women going through this first cohort, and uh, a portion of those are tech companies at different ages and stages. And Fast Pitch comes to mind with Oregon Entrepreneurs Network (OEN). Uh, and to Angel Oregon as well, which is the early stage angel funding for entrepreneurs across the board. Okay. Well, I will tell you if we're wrapping up that my daughter is now 31 and she has a little one-year-old and they were all lumberjacks for Halloween, which involved a felt hatchet and they are scientists. So <laughs> things, I think it's like turning the Titanic. I think it can be, but things are definitely changing. Great to have you uh, all with us today. First of all, my cohort in crime, <laughs> co-host Wendy Cotilla, and uh, also Megan Bigelow, co-founder of PDX Women in Tech, and Janice levenhagen Seely, founder of and CEO of Chick Tech. We thank you so very much for thank being you. here. Thank you for joining us today as well. Next week on Biz 503, we'll learn about the rapid changes happening in the central east side industrial area of Portland. See you then.